Okay. Welcome back to the Express Podcast, where we talk about art, design, and all forms of creative expression. And in today's podcast episode, we're going to be doing a Q&A. We're going to be doing a questionnaire, answering some of the questions that I put out for myself. Hopefully in the later episodes, I'll be answering some of my viewers' questions. But this is actually a part two. I did um, a part one in my previous video. And so today, we're going to answer the questions that I left unanswered in my first video and just going into it more in depth and expanding on some of the things um, that I feel the need to share about myself and answer some of the questions that you may have about the podcast. So without further ado, um, let's get into it. So what are my most important personality traits? Um, Okay, this is a good one. I would say resilience. I think I'm a really quite a resilient person. I feel like I go through quite a lot of things and I tend to have the ability to bounce back or have the self-reinforcing thoughts that allow me to keep going after I fail or after I get rejected or after I come over um, a a long period of hardship uh, and failure. I I always know that there's a chance for me to succeed and for me to come back better and um, have more strength um, because of the stuff I've been through but the stuff that I know I'll have to go through and I have to build the strength up in order to um, tackle that and deal with that. So that's why I feel like resilience is really important. Um, uh, another thing, another personality trait would be, uh, like I said, my emotional control, my ability to control my reactions. My emotions are generally pretty steady. Um, I don't go through a lot of ups and downs. I'm generally pretty like I have a baseline level of happiness and my emotions are quite well maintained and kept and that helps me to remain calm in certain business decisions, in certain life decisions and changes, just have um, more, uh, more, just have a high level of clarity in general. I think it just helps with that and other personality traits. I would say I'm a very introspective person. I'm very good at understanding myself and knowing myself and knowing my strengths and weaknesses, knowing what I'm good at, bad at, what I can improve on, um, definitely what I can improve on, like what I um, am bad at and definitely need to work on. I'm good at knowing that. I'm good at being, I'm a very self-aware person. That's that's um, mainly the word that I would probably use to describe myself the most, is just being super self-aware. And I feel like you need to be a self-aware individual in order to know yourself and to know others and to just introspect and reflect on yourself, your decisions, your choices, and to deal with that and approach life in the best possible way. So if you read yourself, you can read the world and everyone else and a lot better and understand psychology and influence based on how you perceive yourself and how your mind works um, and recepts to the world. So that's how, as my personality traits, um, what are my core values? So I value the same as most people in maybe the same order. I would say now so more than ever, I would put relationships at number one. Number two is um, success, money and like business and careers. And then number three, I would say, let me check my values. I have a sheet up on my wall to display that. Oh yeah, my fourth value, uh, sorry, my third value is learning and improvement. So like I said in my first episode, the meaning and purpose of my life is to learn, improve and grow every single day. That's the main, if I do that every single day, I will live a productive life and a happy life um, no matter what or no matter what circumstance I'm in. No matter 
what uh, season of life I'm in, I will still be living a good life and feeling good about myself and the the situation I'm in. So, and the fourth one is productivity and efficiency. I pride myself on being a very um, effective person in the way I use my time and I use my energy and I allocate my resources into doing things. I keep a, I try to keep a good schedule and um, time frame. It's very hard to keep to that, but I try to maximize the time I use in the day for certain tasks. I think I'm good at that, but I'm working on that. It's a constant thing that you need to maintain. Um, and then health, I would say number five, I'm definitely going to start pushing health um, up a lot more and maybe talk about it more in the podcast. Um, just health, nutrition. I've noticed my health has not been really good at the moment. Maybe that's why my skin's so bad, but I just need to work on health. I think everyone needs to work on health. It's super hard unless you're like super passionate about it. You're you know, you're a gym person, you're super um, conscious about your health or I don't know, you're in nutrition or you're, um, I don't know, any any of that type of field and you're actually passionate about it. But I think every every single person needs to maintain it, stay on top of it because there's definitely a lot of bad things that can happen when you don't and I've started to notice it in my life. So definitely staying on top of that will become a value that I try to keep more on the top of my mind and try to work on more. Um, the fifth one is motivation and ambition. I think I'm a very ambitious person. Some, I think motivation, a lot of people are describing it as fleeting, and I do agree. Motivation comes in and out of your life. Um, when you need it the most, you get a sudden rush, and you feel so good, and you just go straight into it, and you feel really effective and productive, but it just does start to dwindle and dwindle a bit, but then that's when discipline comes in and hard work, and you need to stay dedicated towards that but I always had this underlying ambition to try and be successful and that's something that I always work on maintaining and just being conscious about and self-awareness plays into that and also like I described before contentment being contempt in what you have but also knowing that there's a strive to get more and being okay with the fact that you're gonna you know work all the time or you're going to dedicate all your energy into trying to become successful and manifest the right life for yourself so ambition is definitely something I center around my life and one of the values and things about myself that I love the most and that I um, feed into the most. And the last value is probably self-confidence. And this is actually, when I put it on my affirmations list, is at number one because self-confidence is something I work on the most. And it's something that I am confident in myself. I'm confident in the sense of, making a podcast and talking in front of people and having conversations, but I'm not confident in real life necessarily. Like I can talk in front of a screen and talk, talk in front of a, a monitor and a webcam and with a microphone in front of people. But I, when I actually go out, when I actually go out and meet people, I find it hard to introduce, like give an introduction, talk to people, have conversations because I deal with social anxiety. So definitely self-confidence I'm working on every single day and trying to improve and work on in my life and that is a core value that's something i hold above a lot of things and i'm you know i try and work on and yeah just keep that core principle is really important so what are my interests okay what are my interests well i like obviously doing this podcast um i don't like editing and making the short clips but hopefully i can hire an editor to do that eventually so but i do love talking and having conversations and actually doing the podcast recording is so fun to me i love doing that um, I also, I watch movies, I watch a lot of movies and TV shows. I'm really interested in that. I also love obviously listening to music, but everyone likes that. 
I love art, just the simple stuff. And I'm also a designer, so I love designing. I love designing. I love designing t-shirts and and clothing for you know I run a clothing brand, but I also love designing it for clients whenever freelance projects come up. That's something I love doing. So design is definitely part of my life. Um, I love reading. Reading is a thing that's coming to my life, and I'm starting to read a lot more, and I'm enjoying it a lot more. I really like reading, and it makes you feel really good about your mental health and well-being. So definitely keeping that ones up is super important and other interests. I like some outside activities. I used to play basketball and soccer, but I like tennis now. Tennis is really fun to me. But just, yeah, I guess spending time with people, going out, having activities, um, spending time with friends, having good deep conversations, um, some of my interests. I think that's it. Um, What are your thoughts on therapy and psychology? Okay. So in terms of going to therapy, I definitely recommend going to therapy. I just said, I said that in another clip that I'm sure you've seen, but um, yeah, I recommend going to therapy. I think therapy is a great thing. I think everyone needs to have conversations and a form of connection. I think therapy is a great way to do that. Um, you know, they don't always give you practical advice, techniques and tools to dealing with. They, they just question you. They get you to think about, think critically. I, I do like it when they give you techniques, give you strategies to deal with it, which they do sometimes. Um, but yeah, so going to therapy, really good. But I also think having conversations with friends and family and just keeping up to date and giving mental health checks. You just need to be open and honest about your mental health and what's going on in your life just with everyone. You don't have to share online like I do. I don't know if that's a healthy thing to do, but definitely the people in your life and yes, going to therapy is good if you have the access and means to do that. And then psychology. One of my thoughts on the field of psychology is the way I'll base this answer. And I love psychology. I've always been interested in psychology and the way the mind works. I'm going to university for business and marketing. Maybe if I end up loving university and I get really into it, maybe I'll extend it and try to do psychology. Just because I think psychology and understanding the way the mind works can help in a lot of business ventures and help in sales, marketing, and just all that sort of stuff. So definitely imagine if I did business, marketing, and psychology, that would just be a very well diverse range of things to choose from. And that would help me in building connections and network and just really expanding on my social group. So yeah, understanding psychology and also I think it would be really interesting to be a therapist or a psychologist as well, just to understand because humans are so interesting. Psychology is so interesting. Like people, there's just such different way people think like people have mental health disorders. It's just interesting to see, you know, like trauma, PTSD, like schizophrenia and just all these different conditions it's interesting to see how the mind works and how the mind shows them things and i don't know it's just i'm going in a rant but i, I love psychology and i'm super interested and i can't wait to um, delve into it more i'm going to do a psychology episode which i'm super looking forward to i really can't wait to do that and learn some psychology techniques and tools that i can share with you and also that i can use and implement in my life is going to be really good to get into so what are my thoughts oh my god this is a uh this is a rough kind of hard question for me to answer feel a little bit uncomfortable answering this but i'm going to go into it and i don't think i'm necessarily qualified or experienced in this area or fashion of my life but what are my thoughts on relationship sex and commitment so what are my thoughts on relationships so i've only been in one i would say sort of mid to intermediate long-term relationship it was about you know three months but i've never been in too many relationships uh, just one and one main committed one and i think that i you know i'm starting dating i'm going 
I don't necessarily go know go out too much. I don't know how to go out and meet people necessarily. What type of setting to go out to meet people? Um, but I, you know, I install the dating apps and I've updated my profile and I'm like actively trying to find a partner on there and start getting my dating experiences in because I think it's a huge part of life that you need to explore and go into. And what are my thoughts on commitment? I think um, I'm definitely someone who goes for connection. I think before anything, you need to have a few conversations before you start dating, a few deep conversations. Like, I'm not talking about like 30 minute surface level, what do you do for a living type of questions. I'm talking about like deep conversations, um, long, long-term, like three hours maybe, just really, really going into them, really understanding who they are as a person, their morals, ethics, uh, every single thing, their interests, everything. You need to know all about them before you get into a relationship because a lot of people don't even know each other when they start dating and that's when it starts to fall apart. Even when they get married, they don't fully know each other because, you know, the hormones come into that and they. Uh, I heard that you need to be in a relationship for at least a year before you get married, before you are willing to commit the rest of your life to that person if you're in a monogamous relationship and you get married. So... Yeah, I feel like you need to have, before you start dating, you need to go on, I mean, before you start getting into a relationship, you need to have at least three dates. I think on these three dates, they have to be activities where you actually go out and talk, like a restaurant, cafe or something, and you just have to really, really have a long conversation with them, know exactly who they are, know exactly who you're actually going to start dating, and then you can get into it, then you can get into that relationship. I mean, it also it depends on what type of relationship you want, short-term, mid-term, long-term, all that sort of stuff. Um monogamous, polygamous, whatever type of relationship you're getting into, you just need to know the person. I just think you just need to have a connection, even if it's a short time one I stand, you just, I don't know, it's kind of weird unless you don't know the person or you're not interested in pursuing something um, meaningful. So yeah. Um, What are your, why am I asking myself dating questions? I've never dated before. Um, What are your dating red flags? Red flags? I don't really know. I'm not even well versed in this area one of my dating red flags I want to do a relationship episode and expand on it and try to understand this field more but I need to go out and experience and go on dates first to actually be able to answer some of these questions because I don't have this experience what are my red flags I hear a lot when people are rude to like wait wait stuff I actually I agree with that um that's boring what are my dating red flags I would say someone that, when it goes, like someone that's not willing to have conversation or connection, like if if you're having a conversation with someone and you try to get them to answer a question and they deflect or they don't want to answer it or they just hide part of their life. So maybe it's just trust and honesty. If they try to deflect and not answer your question and not be honest about um, the things that they do in their life or the things that they value, like if they just hide their interests or their motives or they're just not an honest person and they withhold things in the relationship. I don't think going ahead, you can pursue that. So definitely a red flag will be honesty and truth in terms of what they share and what they hold back on and deflect on in conversation. So that's why I say conversation is so important because if this happens and this shows up, um, that's a red flag. Stay away from it. Um, what are the best things to do on a first date? I already kind of explained this. The best thing to do on a first date is probably yeah have a deep conversation have a long conversation um reach as much topics as you possibly can talk about as much as you can to know the person get really uh deep on it go into every possible thing you can talk about um 
And then, but also I think um, give compliments, maybe obviously pay for the bill if you're a guy. That's just definitely a good thing to do. Um, if you're a guy, you definitely should be paying on the first date, no matter what. I think you should be giving compliments on the way they dress, the way they look. Um, compliments is a super important thing. I think maybe give them a gift or a present or just like be chivalrous, like uh, open the door, close the door, um, walk them out, walk on, you know, the side closest to the street. Just do all things that a guy should be doing, a gentleman should be doing. Just treat them really nicely, treat them well, treat them with respect, um, which I think a lot of people are losing and it's not good. But I think a lot of new people need to be reminded to have these type of manners in something like dating. And people need to be reminded and people need to have a positive role model. And so the next thing, what are your thoughts on education and university? Okay, um, education, I have a problem with the schooling system, a lot of problems with the schooling system. Maybe I can do a whole um, conversation, a whole podcast, just trashing it. No, but like I genuinely... I have a few problems with it. It's net positive. It's good, um, especially towards year 11 and 12. Like, I guess they give you more practical sense in like, you know, you get electives like you get to choose business and economics and um, finance and accounting and things like that. If your school has them, I think a lot of schools are limited. I think most public schools should have the, should offer the same courses, the same classes. Like someone had, um, I forgot what the, the class called. It's like, design technology or something or design a media or something and one one person had this in like a a school maybe this was a private school i went to a public school and i just didn't have this available and if i would have had that available i would have stayed in school i also so a lot of the i think they should just run every class whether even if there's one teacher and one student they should just run every class because that's a huge factor that's the reason why i dropped out i didn't get history i didn't get you know a few different classes and i thought what's the point of me staying in school when I can just learn these subjects um, at home or I can just research, just watch videos on it. If, if they're not even going to teach you the class, they're not even going to offer you it. So yeah, course selection is definitely a problem with that. I think uh, internships and traineeships, people should be allowed to do that while at school. I think they can, but I think they should teach a lot more about finance and business, a lot more about how to own your business and entrepreneurship and things like that. I don't think they teach you enough practical and business um, strategies to run your thing. I think, yeah, it's definitely teaching you to become more of a worker than a business owner and things like that. So it's not catered towards that very well. I think they should, some of the subjects and topics are just not important to go into. Syllabus should be rendered definitely down a lot more. So you're only getting the most important and practical strategic like knowledge that you actually practice like you need that you can't just search on google or because i think the world works off access of information and school should only have the information that you can't usually have access to or that you need a syllabus to um be able to access or you know a dedicated course to get it because that's why people buy into university courses and things like that is because access of information like they can go on the internet or sorry ease of access so they can go onto the internet and search up all these things. But if they don't have, for instance, like you have an assignment, you have 30 questions, you go out and source the answers to those questions. But if you are if you don't have any of those questions and you're just doing it on yourself, like your own, you have to come up with these uh, answers and you have no questions, you have no structure or study structure to be able to access it. So I think university and school gives you access 
to a structure and you know this ease of access it, it gives you so it's just buying access really to information which you can do online you can buy courses and that which might be even a better option which might be a reason why people drop out to just do that online and it could be work better i think um university i used to have a few problems with the university considering the the pay structure going to debt and the amount of time it takes i think yes i do agree with the amount of time it takes i think that could be rendered down like four years is a long time to be at college some courses are 12 years i think definitely they could have you know more days at university they could have you know less days off they could have less break time just to get it done in a few less years because i guarantee you people would prefer working a lot harder in the short term than having to work in the long term and have all the stuff spread out i prefer to have more work given to me at the start have a few like really like two years of long like a lot of work so much work and to do instead of like four years of like not much work to do you get it all done in two weeks and then you have 10 weeks of doing nothing I prefer to have 10 weeks of doing as much work as I possibly can just to take that time off. So I hope that the subjects, you can select more subjects or more units to get it done faster. I don't necessarily know how this works. Maybe if you work full-time instead of part-time, you can get it done quicker as well, which I am going to do. So I don't, actually, I think university is great. I think university is a net positive, especially if um, the debt doesn't incur and grow in interest. That's good because that could put a lot of people behind and constantly living debt have to pay that off for the rest of their life but if that's all dealt with that's all good and i think in australia they have a good system for dealing with that um, a lot of it's paid by the government and incentivized um that way so that's good um yeah i, I want to do education university i want to do that separate episode but for now that's i think i've touched enough on that so what are my most important habits to have okay i have my list of habits on the wall i'm going to reflect and look on that right now so um, clarity, energy, necessity, productivity, influence, and courage. See the few ones I wrote down, whether I understand them fully or whether I got them from a book, I don't know. But some of them definitely I do implement and try to have the habit of using in my everyday life and implementing. So let's, let's look at them and break them down. So clarity, having the access to clarity. So I think with clarity comes, like I said, with being uh, self-aware, being um, reflecting on your thoughts and also like emotional control, like I said, controlling your emotions. Um, and like I said, I have a pretty good way of regulating my emotions and staying pretty uh, stable with uh, my reactions. So that's that definitely gives you a form of clarity because it, it, I think if you control reaction, you control the clarity of mind. So yeah, if you control your reaction, you definitely become more clearer in the decisions you make, in the business decisions, in the life decisions. You know exactly how to think and respond. I definitely people ha- have a lot of mental cloud, a lot of mental focus, like their lens is blurred on a lot of things. This could be due to unhealthy diet, unhealthy gut health, um, not enough sleep, um, which causes headaches and you know mental fog and all that sort of stuff you don't want. So there's definitely ways of clearing yourself um, mentally you know, maybe through like taking vitamins, minerals, just keeping up on all that sort of stuff. But mental clarity, I think, yeah, getting controls, getting control of your negative thoughts, your positive thoughts, not reflecting too much on the future and what you could have changed, what you could have done. Thinking more about the future, but also reminiscing on the future is not, reminiscing on the future is not good to do all the time as well because it causes you to um, 
procrastinate for the things you're doing i've noticed like making future goals called like that's all i want to do I love, i'm obsessed with the future and what i'm going to do in the future and planning that and that can cause you to procrastinate stra- um, stay off what you're supposed to do so definitely just thinking in the present i think saying in the current moment is good for clarity just saying setting out goals for the day you have to do this and if you don't do that not thinking too negatively about that you can just do it tomorrow and just restructure that uh tomorrow so definitely staying current in the moment is probably one of the keys to um, having more clarity in your life and clarity is super important as a habit. And the next one is energy. Um, so the habit of um, optimizing your energy. So I'd say like, yeah, like getting the right sleep pattern, getting in the sleep's the most important. It's the center of everything, but you also have, you know, health, um, your dietary stuff. Like I guess meal prepping is a really good way to keep on top of your, your meals and your intake and your diet as well. But also, yeah, like, um, I don't understand much about this, like, um, dieting, like pills and vitamins, whatever, um, is a good way to stay optimize your energy and stuff. Obviously you can take caffeine, but you know, that, you know, negative contrast to sleeping, but there's ways to optimize your energy. I think, um, scheduling your time to devote energy to what's important, like tackling that in the first half of your day, as opposed to every other part of your day, like the biggest, the hardest challenges you have to face at the start of the day. And that also gives you proof that you can do hard things, which you can carry out and use throughout the day for motivation. And so, yeah, optimize your energy. Cause I think when you wake up and the first like four hours of the day, you have the most energy, like that's when you're at your peak, like hundred percent energy. And then midday, less so, less energy. You have still a good amount of energy and you can still get a lot of productive work done. And then end of the day, you're tired, you're a bit uh, exhausted, you've worked all day, you've done eight hours, you know, you're sort of coming off the hard work. But also if you're like a night owl, you're a night person, you might get a rush of energy at night towards that you can dedicate towards um, work and achieving your goals then. So it's all just optimizing your schedule around your chronotypes, which is really gonna help you out. And I'm more of a night person. I still know that you have more energy in the morning and that's when I try and try and use the most challenging goals first and get that done first so the rest of the goals can um i can use when i have less energy because i don't need more energy um to achieve them so another habit is necessity so i think when you're trying to become successful and when you're trying to own a business like a lot of the success a lot of the determination comes from necessity like you could be flat broke and you could have no money to afford rent and but you always have that necessity that you you have to earn money you have to run this business this business has to work out you have to dedicate you have to do everything because you have to meet rent you have to um pay your bills you have to do what you got to do so you have to you have that level of necessity and a lot of people don't have that and that causes them to become lazy undetermined and not know what to do not know what to do but you can raise necessity um, it's a little bit challenging to know how to raise necessity. I don't know if I'm fully qualified to answer how on how to raise it, but I would say setting really um, hard goals, really difficult goals, where you need to show up for your mid and um, your short and midterm goals um, every single day, and you need to commit yourself every single day to achieve that long-term goal. So that long-term goal um, sort of bridges the gap between your mid and short-term goals to long-term goals um, and it fills it with necessity 
like I need to do these short-term goals and these midterm goals in order to achieve the long-term goals. So set, and people don't say set unrealistic goals. I say do it. Set really unrealistic goals, like crazy goals. Like I remember I had own a hotel um, thing, own like a, uh, a cologne business, a glasses company. I'm sure that will happen, but just set up like crazy long-term goals. I think because that raises necessity. That means, oh, I have to start a podcast so I can, you know, sell some of these products eventually. I have to, you know, develop my personal brand so I can end up doing this. I have to work at a hotel so I can understand, you know, how the business operates and stuff like that. So definitely um, raising necessity by setting long-term goals. I think that's the way you do it. And you can set necessity by, I don't recommend this, by but by leaving the house and having to pay rent, then you have to earn a certain amount of money within the week to pay that off. And if you want to save money and invest money, you have to earn more than you're actually currently earning to maintain that as well and to grow. And so there are ways of doing that, raise, like giving yourself necessity, giving yourself time constraints and giving yourself a, a time frame to um, complete a project that forces you to tap into energy, uh, excess energy that you need in order to achieve the goals by really restricting yourself that way. And so have, um, habit of productivity. So like I said, uh, keeping a, um, a schedule, a routine, um, and yeah, just optimizing your time that way. Setting goals as well is really important, but also if you set goals, set a time frame in order to achieve them and organize them um, in time slots uh, and schedule that throughout the day as well to achieve and yeah, make them realistic to um, optimize productivity. And if you're working uh, on your computer or your device or whatever, make sure you have, I don't know, there's a lot of people who recommend all these apps to make things faster or you know implement ai to um the google suite or whatever to just optimize your time but i say you know you, know, you can use um schedules set alarms things like that there's all these different digital techniques that you can try to optimize your productivity i don't necessarily capitalize on this maybe i should um but i don't but that is um productivity as one of the habits that i try to um maintain and keep uh, on top of and then the habit of influence Okay, this I got from a book. I don't know why I wrote The Habit of Influence. But I guess The Habit of Influencing People. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I would say it's a good thing. So what I mean by that probably is um, posting social media content. Like you're running this podcast, posting a bunch of short clips. So The Habit of um, Practicing the Art of Influencing so I can eventually uh, endorse products and promote products of my own and my businesses. So I, d- I just think it's more like practicing influence is like gaining exposure in your life, maybe exposing yourself to new um, business relationships, new clients, um, building close friendships and, you know, a network or whatever it is, just building that uh, those relationships um, could play into um, practicing influence every single day. And with influence comes power, so it's definitely a good habit to maintain. If that's even a habit, is a habit of influence. Probably everything can be a habit if you just practice it, and if there's practical methods of practicing it. Okay, so next one is courage. So how do I practice courage? So like I I've already touched on a million times is dealing with social anxiety and confidence, and I'm already getting sick of it. But um, practicing courage. So this could be practicing. Like when I go to university, for instance, maybe I set a goal of 
talking to 10 people or five people or one people, uh, one person, going up to them, every, going up to one person every single day, talking to them, having a conversation, getting to know them, uh, remembering their name, um, remembering something about them, just, you know, maybe making new contact, new connection, uh, anything like this, practicing courage or going up to a girl, asking a girl out, asking a few girls out, getting rejected, bouncing off that, becoming more resilient. So definitely that helps in building courage. And so habit of courage is really good. Habit of you can be courageous by posting content because um, that's one of the most, like you get a lot of anxiety and nervousness around posting content and being on the internet and just building this courage around and this fortitude around doing that definitely makes you more resilient and willing to do it more. Like, um, you know, it, it makes you more of a confident person posting online, I, f I found. Like, uh, it's either, it's it's weird. If you deal with confidence and social anxiety, there's either one where you struggle with going out to talk to people, and which I do, or either you struggle with posting online and um, that sort of stuff. Or you struggle with both. I struggle with both. Actually, no, I, I don't struggle with posting online. I find that relatively easy to express myself in that way but yeah just going out and sort of stuff is is the way in which i can practice um confidence and building confidence and being a more courageous person in general which is really important as well as a habit um to express so what else do we have what are the most okay that was the last one so i'm going to go to the next page of questions okay the next question on this list is who do i look up to so this is a hard question to answer because i don't necessarily look up to anyone in particular maybe i look up to people in different factions of like business like um marketing and especially podcasting i definitely have a lot of people in the podcast industry who i look up to for sure who do i look up to um batman <laughs> um no but like actually though i feel like batman has a lot of good things to look up to you know he's a billionaire playboy philanthropist. like i mean i know that's a lie um a line from robert downey jr's like tony stark or whatever but that he he's like that as well you know he um he's successful he um gives away to charity he's a good person he's in re very good physical shape and like peak human condition so and obviously monetarily he's very successful as well in all that sort of stuff and in the mayoral and like um community and he has obviously uh wayne tech and the wayne um enterprise which is a massive empire and all that sort of stuff so remember i said like it's good to set on realistic goals i think actually batman's a good person to look up to like obviously it's almost impossible to achieve what he has but having an unrealistic standard i think is actually super motivating and it raises necessity and it raises an ambition and strive so yeah honestly i look up to batman i don't really care like people are gonna like say that's cringe or whatever but i don't i don't care that's cool he's good cool role model that would definitely that's a source of motivation in basically every area of your or every area of your life as a man um you know like i said money success um relationships and like status as well as um physical condition as well and so yeah good role model to look up to who else um being more serious now um in the podcast industry i would say the main people I look up to is actually Jumpers Jump because they're around my age and yeah, like their, their strategy with um, marketing and posting their content and also like promoting their clothing brand and business. I think they do really well. 
and yeah obviously especially the short form content and like they give me a lot of um evidence and proof that i can do it too like if they reach like they have like 10 billion views on tiktok and like 10 million subscribers and yeah and it's just two people having a podcast having a conversation obviously they're talking about really interesting topics and really interesting stories and conspiracies and it's great content and it's super entertaining but i feel like that also gives me um evidence that i can do it as well and i can you know strive to achieve the type of success they have one day and so definitely i look up to them in the podcast space the most obviously i have a ton of other ones but they're the actual main um driving force that i have as well in the podcast space uh in the oh and also um who else who do i look up to who do i look up to obviously in business you have like um mark cuban all of those sort of ones role models but uh and Tony Robin, and um, uh, just everyone, everyone in different factions of business, like I explained before, that I can look up to and uh, strive towards. But um, those are the main few ones that I look up to in my life. So what are your thoughts on being a consumer versus creator? So this is a question, uh, this is a statement that I made in one of my other um, podcast episodes and one of my other short clips that you may have seen. But um, yeah, I think everyone on the internet is just more of a like a hyper consumer, especially with TikTok. It you know the, the way the algorithm is based, it forces people to stay on the platform and view the content they love because they get exactly what content they want to see, like perfectly matched to what they want. Exactly what uh, they want to see is just displayed on this feed. And how can that not be addictive? How can that not maintain and keep all your attention? And yeah, it, it um it takes all your dopamine away. It takes all your attention span away. It's it's very bad um on a long-term scale and you definitely need to get off that or just ease off the usage i think it's good to be a consumer if you're actually a creator so i think if you create content online if you create um you know like short clips like i do you need to go onto um tiktok and you need to um search what's trending search what um viewers like to see search what content is being pushed what isn't um and just sort of um like analyze the internet space and just get a, a better overview of what you're posting into what your content's going out to and so yeah creators should be the ones who consume but they also should consume in a way where it's not just mindlessly scrolling they're actually you know i don't know checking the hashtags checking the tags at work um searching certain things and you know optimizing like seeing the seo that works seeing you know the contents that are trending on the trending page or what sounds are working, just being really um, intentional about the content usage that you're doing. And I think more more importantly, I think especially if there's people like criticizing or hating, I feel like they should be, they should create their own content before they start hating on people. Like they should create at least five, 10, 15 videos. Um, so they see what the editing's like, what the creative is like, what the um, just content creation in general. I think they should make a few videos before they ever judge someone if they say oh you know this is um terrible editing it's terrible this that and the other first of all um content creators if they don't have too much of an ego or they're willing to hear that out will actually listen to them and say yes i could improve on this they would hear them out and you know find the good of what they're saying but i also think they sh- uh consumers should see um or just people viewing the content and trying to criticize should actually see the insight of what a creator actually goes through what the video creation is like, what the lighting and production side is like, and what the editing is like, because editing is 
very hard. Editing is not easy to do. And people don't know this is a massive um, learning curve. There's all these different things you need to learn. Um, editing, especially short clips. Short clips take so long to do. It's, it's insane, especially with the amount of short content I create. Like if you look on my um, accounts, there's like 400 videos and I've 400 plus videos and I've created like six podcast episodes. So imagine how long it would take to clip up and make these podcast um, shorts from like um, 60 second videos. It takes a long time, especially um, as a podcaster. Like video editing, video editing the main podcast, maybe not too hard. But if you are adding um, images and text and all that sort of stuff, that takes a long time and graphics as well. Especially if you're making, like I make video like clips as well. And I designed the thumbnails for my main podcast video and the videos that go out. And you're also making the short form content as well. It takes it takes probably three days, two days, three days. It's a long time unless you outsource the um, videos and content to other people. But yeah, I think um, people should get the insight of being a creator. If they want to do that, I think they should post at least a few videos before they start criticizing people, before they start hating on people. They should actually see what it's like. And I guarantee you, content creators are not spending time going to other people's comment sections and writing something, you know, um, critical or they're hating or anything. I mean, they might say, look, I think this is a really good video. I learned this, this, and this, but I think you could improve on this. Um, no hate, just um, I got this I got this out of that and I, I feel like this would really help you. So I thought I would share that with you. I feel like content creators, because they understand it, they have a new insight into um, what the creating is like. And they understand uh, that they shouldn't be hating or criticizing because um, they may have gone through a similar situation and they may have experienced uh, the same thing. And But they can offer advice and feedback to help them out. But I've never seen a creator hate on people. I've never seen it. I would never hate on someone or say, why are you posting on the internet? This is terrible. I hate your content. Um, maybe I would say, um, you're doing great. I love your content. It's really, really good. I think you could improve on this. And um, but um, I just thought you should hear that so you can choose to do with it as you want. But yeah, I would never take the time out of my day to hate on someone. Also, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. I don't understand like why you would just criticize on someone or be negative. Also, the karma won't be good. Imagine like you just go on, like you're scrolling and every single comment section you're just hating. Imagine if you start posting videos and content Imagine how much karma and just how much that would reflect in your content. Like just being a hater, it just spreads negative energy and it's not going to do you well. And before you start hating, be a creator first instead of consumer. Okay, the next question is, what do I think would greatly improve my mental health and well-being? So this is a multifaceted question or answer um, that I'm going to offer. It's kind of a little bit difficult to answer. What would improve my mental health and well-being? I would say activities, like going out and doing things, like hobbies as well. I think a lot of people don't have enough activities or hobbies or like physical things. Like for instance, I go to the gym quite a lot, but I think I should also have other things, like maybe play a sport, like um, tennis or golf, or whatever people are into, um, football or something. And yeah, just having something physical, I think also something creative, like painting, designing, um, writing music, whatever you um, do that's creative uh, expression in your life. So I think, yeah, definitely a hobby or activity would improve my mental health. I think another thing that would improve my mental health and well-being would go to therapy. Maybe for me, since I lack um, 
confidence and stuff in um seeing as i lack confidence and i have a bit of social anxiety maybe going to therapy and going to see a psychologist or maybe even group therapy being around a group of people that have been through similar situations that can offer their strategies and techniques uh that they use to deal with it and also having to um socialize and challenge yourself in that aspect and just having someone to relate to and to uplift you and help you in that area so definitely going to group therapy could help with my mental health and well-being i would say also a big thing would be like i said would be spending time building friendships and relationships going out with my friends going out to do different activities or just spending time with each other talking and having conversations and uh, eating food going to restaurants just just talking with each other and having a good social friend group to interact with would improve my well-being quite a lot i would say um what's do I make sure I do everyday slash everyday practices? What do I do every day? Um, so I keep a good um, skincare regimen. I make sure I do that every single day and hygiene um, um, thing as well. Um, I make sure I stay on top of all that sort of stuff. So yeah, the hygiene, um, skincare, I keep that well maintained. I also work out every day. I think that's super important for optimizing your energy. It actually, people think it takes away energy, but it actually, um, reverberates and gives you energy back into all the activities and things you do throughout the day so it's super important um, I work for at least I used to say to people I work 10 hours a day I try to work um, 10 to 12 hours a day I probably work more like 8 like uh, other people I you know I I told everyone to do the 4 hour um, work period which is like 4 hour long um, uh, periods of work dedicated periods of work so I would do um, uh, for one of the periods, I would do research, inspiration, um, design, practice, whatever. And then I would do the next middle period. I would do um, working, managing um, calls, emails, responding to messages, uh, all this work um, practices. And I would yeah do, do about two hours of work in that four-hour period as well. And then the last period, doing some light work, doing some reflection, writing my journal, diary, um, just things like that and doing some light work, maybe, you know, f- uh, freelancing projects, whatever, this podcast research, just, just things like that towards the end. And so that's what I do every day. Um, and on my sleep schedule, I try to go to sleep at like, uh, 11 and then wake up at seven. I'll be trying to wake up 5am and try to have six hours so I can get uh, that extra two hours in the day to do more work. But I probably wouldn't recommend just living off six hours of sleep. You probably need more like eight. But that's just what I try and do. Um, whether it's good or not, I don't know. But I just try because it's going to be worth it if I will be able to maintain um, that sleep schedule. I'll get two hours more and I will sleep less, but I'll get a lot more done throughout throughout the day if it's productive um, workers, of course. Um, so what is my form of procrastination? So this is a good question. I actually got asked. I didn't. This is not my question. Um, I got asked by someone. So what is my form of procrastination? So obviously there's different forms of procrastination. There's procrastination that you get when you first get given a project. There's procrastination in the middle sort of um, intermediate stage or there's procrastination at the end of a project. And I used to have it at the start. And this was in school. This was in the early stages of TAFE as well. When I would get a project, I would have basically, I don't know, they'd give it to the end of the term, whatever. And I would have the opportunity in the first few weeks to get it done and then I'd have the, the eight weeks off to do whatever, but I would leave it to 
maybe the last two weeks towards the end of the last two weeks but towards the start i would leave it till the last day to do it or the last hour and that crazy rush everyone knows that crazy rush the hour before they turn in a project is insane and so productive but definitely not a good way to work especially when you're like stressed or anxious coming up to it and you're just thinking that project's in the back of your mind always and that sort of just weighs on you so it's definitely good to get it done as soon as you can and just have the stress less um towards the end and if problems come up you have time to deal with them so i used to procrastinate towards the start heavy procrastinated towards the start i used to turn in projects you know a day maybe even a day after and i'm lucky that my school was um good enough to extend me or you know and i was in the lower classes so a lot of them wouldn't turn in work and they just give us a day or even a week to um give back the work but yeah so t- towards the two I, like you know i would just try and just push it back as much as i could and just have as much time as do whatever i did in school i don't know um work on other classes or just like um play video games game and i don't know play um football or um, basketball whatever do activities talk to friends and stuff and i would just let my projects fall behind and wait to that last day where <laughs> i would dread that day coming up to it but but when i'm in it i'm like i just have to do this the necessity is there and you just have that rush of energy that keeps you going through it and i've never had the middle form of procrastination in the middle of a project i never felt like i needed to um stop or in, like if i'm in a project if i start all the way near the end i would just I'm fully in it, I'm fully immersed, I'm kind of obsessed with it to an extent, but I'm just dedicated and I'm doing the work. But my form of procrastination now, which I struggle with a lot and it actually sucks, is like I get procrastination towards the end of a project. When I have like, because I'm a designer, so I design the whole project and it's like already done and whatever, and then I show the client and they come up with like um, a few different changes for the project. I'm like, I procrastinate them. I, then I'm like, uh, I thought the design was done. Like I'm, I'm really good. I'm really happy with it. Um, now that I have to implement these changes, you know, maybe I can do the next project that's coming up, or maybe I can focus on that this work that I have to do or this project instead of doing this, the work I have to do. But so yeah, I get procrastination towards the end. That's when it really starts to affect me, and it's like heavy too. Like, I don't know if anyone experiences that, but it's like. Yeah, like when you're towards the end, you feel like the project's done, but then you still have to keep doing work. It's like once once I'm finished something, I just want to be over with it. Even once I'm finished, like recording and editing the podcast or making all the videos and clips, I just never want to look back at them. I never want to go back and see what it is. When I'm done something, I just don't want to go back to it. I'm finished. I'm done. And then when I'm forced to go back to it, then I procrastinate and I try and put it off because it's like kind of stress or unease or like um, just you know, I thought I was done and I'm not, and I just have to go back to it. And I don't like that. Anyway, the end of it is procrastination. I get procrastination towards the end. Let me know if you guys experience this form of procrastination. It really sucks. And also if there's ways of dealing with it, I know I still know I have to finish the project and, but it's just not enough at that stage. I don't know, but whatever. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Okay. Now these are questions, um, just about the podcast. And so I really want to ask these questions as well so you guys get to know a bit of an insight into what goes on behind the scenes and what you guys don't see and haven't got to uh, experience just from these clips or from the podcast, wherever you're viewing this. So why is it called the Express Podcast? So the Express Podcast, the name of it, the title, actually came from a free, uh, not a freelance, I got, I did a project in um, TAFL University and 
it was a design project. We got we had to design a magazine for any uh, um, business or any um, uh, thing that we decided. I chose fashion, and so I did a. It was called Express Magazine, and so I designed the logo. First of all, they give they gave us two names that we could use, but I decided to make my own name, and they said that was allowed. So I called it the Express Magazine, and I designed the logo. And then I really liked it. I, I even thought of making my own magazine in the future called Express Magazine and doing the, making this into a publication company or something because I was really um, entrepreneurial even in that stage. So that's what I wanted to do. And then when I left TAFE, I, want, I really wanted to start a podcast and have conversations because I was super passionate about podcasts. I would watch podcasts every day while I was in TAFE. So then I wanted to make a podcast and I was going through names and I was like, um... Express sounds good and I remember I had that project and I had the logo and so I just called it Express Podcast and so that's where it actually originated that's where it came from but I think it still really works for it because it's just talking about expression uh, as a whole and so that's why I think it really works for the podcast and what it is and also expanding into different products I can use Word Express to go along with pretty much anything so what is the importance of having a form of creative expression so like I talked about in terms of your mental health and well-being, it's super important to have something creatively to immerse yourself in every single day. I feel like everyone needs to have that because that makes you feel productive. It makes you feel good about the day. It makes you feel like gives you mental clarity and gives you just like serenity and peace about how you spend your time throughout the day. So um, creative expression is super important. Everyone has a different one. Everyone, you know, for instance, there's people that like uh, love editing I dread editing, I don't like it, but if they're passionate about it, if they love creating in that way and they love um, making films or producing and stuff like that, maybe they would use this as a form of creative expression that it implement throughout their day. Some people like art, I love art as well. Um, I'm not very good at art, but you know, I like practicing it and doing it and it makes me feel good and I get into flow state, creative state. Actually, I get more flow into creative state when I design, which is another one people could do, another form of creative expression that definitely is good to delve into. Another one I like doing is podcasting, like talking, having conversations um, with people and myself and the viewers, whatever. It's just a a fun kind of activity to do and it uh, helps your mental health and well-being if you're very interested and you love it, you love doing it. But there's all different ones, but I just think it's super important for your mental health and just maintaining um, and just optimizing, feeling good about how you spent your time and how productive you were throughout the day. It's just good in a lot of sense uh, senses. So what does expression mean to me? Expression is like uh, showing a side of yourself that not a lot of others um, know you're good at or you're talented at. It means like, uh, it's hard to explain the word expression without using the word expression. It's one of those words, but it's like, um, showing yourself honestly, like it's showing your raw talents or it's showing your something you're really interested in and that you really want to get good at and that you're passionate about. It's showing that to people. So it's showing something you intrinsically love doing or that's innate in your nature or that's like an affinity um, that you have. So that's what expression is to me. It's like this um, innate nature to um, um, project your like creativity. And I think that that's super important. That's why I call this podcast the Express Podcast because it gives me an opportunity to share and use my creative venture and um, interest to um, show people and to help people find their form of creative expression. 
as well because it helps them out so much. And so expression is a word that's like super important to me and it's super an impactful thing. And that's why I love how it's attached to my company and my business and my branding as well. It's just, um, uh, I love that um, factor and I love that part of my work. So because I always want to project and I always want to push um, having a form of creative expression and just expressing yourself in any area of your life that um, you're passionate about. So what are my plans for the podcast? So what am I, okay. So what are my plans for the podcast? Um, ooh, how much do I discuss and how much do I not disclose to the public? Um, this is hard because I never know what not to talk about. And I'm always super excited to talk about things. So I always um, draw the line on that barrier and I just push it out there and just try and tell people um, what I want because I just want to talk about it, right? So what are my plans for the podcast? So I, the other day I sat down and I, I told myself, I was like, in any business, in any company, you have to have a plan. You have to have worked out how this company is going to progress, how it's going to scale, what things it's going to get into, what other different ventures and things it implements into the business. So I tried to implement that and structure that for the podcast and use that as a framework to um, come up with all my episodes. So I made a five-year plan where I was like, all right, I'm going to write a five-year plan. And so I came up with um, a bunch of different episodes, a bunch of different things I could try. And then I ended up doing a 10-year plan, which is where I went more into the business side and starting different um, companies and things like that. And, you know, writing books, uh, just anything I want to do, public speaking uh, in the future. And also... You know, I came up with the podcast, so I came up with, I'm going to do 100 topic episodes, so every, it's going to be topic focus and different topic, every single episode, that's going to be probably the most challenging part of the podcast. Then obviously, I want to do straight interviews, like IRL interviews, um, going to university or the city and talking about and having conversations there as well. And then I also want to have, um, uh, like do job interviews where I just interview different co-hosts and guests to see if they could become a part, permanent part of the podcast. And then, yeah, after I find my guest, um, my co-host, sorry, I would do um, 25 episodes with the co-host just talking or whatever, or however many episodes that would be. And then I would do a bunch of guest um, episodes, and I would do a lot of those as well because that's what other podcasts do. And I think I'll be really good at interviewing people. I think I'm actually better at interviewing as opposed and um, having conversations with people and hearing their side and, and hearing their side and talking about them as opposed to myself. So I think I'd actually be better at um, uh, interviewing. So I would definitely like to have a lot of guests and stuff like that and expand in that in that way. And then also I would probably have. Um, do I go that far? I don't know if I go that far. Um, I think then I, I no, I don't go that far. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'll talk about a few of the podcast episodes I have coming up. But um, those are some of the plans I have for the podcast and the way I could see it progressing um, in the future. I, if you want me to talk about my 10-year plan, I'll definitely go into it more depth, more in depth on another podcast and go exactly through what I want to do and how I plan to scale the podcast because it's insane. Like it's, it's a long, long, long-term plan and with a lot of things I can implement. It's not, it's not very day-to-day practical things. Like you need to do this today in order to reach this 10-year goal but I will start to make it more practical and plan out every single um, time of the day um, that I structure and use for the podcast that will lead to that eventual goal and the realization of that goal. And yeah, so um, what should I announce? 
Oh, sorry. When should I announce the podcast to my friends and who have I told? So I think when I should announce the podcast to my friends is... Well, first of all, a few people have already found out. I have a few close uh, close friends that I told. I told like two of my really, um, my, like my best friends, close friends about it. And they already know. They probably view my content, see my stuff around. And maybe they make fun of it in a um, friendly way, whatever. Um, and they also criticize, tell me what's bad, which is good. They on, give honest feedback, um, which is great. But when do I announce to my friends? Um, I've already announced it to my family. I told my um, sister, my mom, my dad, and they know. I don't know if anyone else knows in my family, but those are just people who know. I think I'll announce my podcast to my friends or announce it to, I don't know, my social media so my friends can see it from school or whatever. Um, when I have reached a certain amount, I think I need to do this podcast, like the Q&A ones, and you know make the shorts and the views and get views from that and whatever. And then I might make the um, do the music episode and then after the music episode, announce it and talk to my friends about it and um like tell them what i've been doing tell them where i'm at and um what's going on with the podcast and the business and yeah just announce that i think that's really it's gonna be really exciting i can't wait to them for them to hear about it to know about it um i think also it's come with like i'm also a bit nervous about um telling all my friends about the podcast because i feel like like there's a lot of enemies there's a lot of people that will um hate on you and bring you down as well but there's a lot of people even friends that will sometimes do that to you because sometimes they don't always have your best interests in mind or they don't um really have the context or know what's going on so maybe some of them will um i'll probably get more hate tons of people won't understand and will try and criticize because of that and so i'll definitely get some negative feedback from that but i'm expecting that and i'm ready for that um when it happens so but i'm overall i'm excited to announce it to them i think i will have to get to a certain amount of it's gonna sound bad but a certain amount of exposure a certain amount of views a certain amount of um followers before i tell them before i announce it which i think is fair enough it's a fair enough thing to do um but yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing the reaction it's like a social experiment seeing what happens seeing what friends hate on me what friends i can leave and what friends um i can st- that can stay with me and that i can continue to grow with and have by my side as we progress into the future and yeah what friends um come into the light what friends um show their true side and what friends um show their true motives and yeah what what i can who i can keep in my life who and who i need to ghost and you know get out of my life if they're not going to be um positive or help me out or just be there for me so um yeah that's what's gonna happen um what type okay what type of podcast do i listen to now and so i used to listen to business mindset success um well-being all that sort of stuff i used to listen to like tom billy lewis house um stephen bartlett and um jay shetty and a few of those other ones um a few of them i can't not coming to mind, but those are the most of them. So those are the main ones that you used to listen to all the time. I still try to get back to that. I still try and listen to that because I think it's super helpful and they give such good ad- advice and feedback and inspiration and motivation as well. So I try to listen to them and I actually do recommend them for starting out listening to podcasts. But now my podcast taste has changed. Now I listen to more entertaining podcasts. I listen to more funny podcasts, like podcasts by comedians or entertainers. And that are really interesting. Also, yes, more internet podcasts, more fun podcasts, 
that you know I'm generally entertained and I'm generally like interested to watch I just like watching it or just ease what I have going on throughout the day and just give me a little bit of an escape from things which I need sometimes I think everyone needs sometimes um but I listen to like the flagrant podcast with Andrew Scholes I love that um this past weekend I just started listening to I listen to obviously like full sand impulsive um not much not, not much impulsive but I love full sand full sand is great I listen to so many ones um like that um they're really good who else do I listen to yeah, those are the main ones. But if you want to listen to a podcast and you, that's really entertaining, listen to comedians. They make the best podcasts, the most entertaining ones, because oftentimes they're the most interesting. They have the most um, life experience that like, and they have the most great stories to tell. And yeah, obviously their delivery is uh, like hilarious and entertaining and keeps you um, engaged the whole time. And yeah, they're just the best to listen to. If you want to listen to a podcast, or listen to a comedian. Also, they're the smartest. They often the smartest, like comedians are super like smart and that's kind of a thing that's known now more than ever especially with the introduction of story and podcasts um uh, in the space so yeah listen to um comedians um super entertaining uh and i love doing that now and so okay what are some exciting podcast episodes i have coming up okay so i talked already talked about how i have the q a coming up i mean sorry i'm doing the q a right now what am i talking about i'm doing the um music episode that's coming out soon and i'm doing a conversation episode coming out i already think i already talked about this um but i'm doing the the conversation one so i can learn you know the conversational styles and techniques that i can use to make the podcast more entertaining and get more retention out of everything out of my videos out of my podcast episode keep people more engaged and entertained so i'm doing a conversation so i can learn that and implement that in my podcast i think i'm going to do a I remember. I think I'm going to do an influencer episode. I'm excited to do that, especially um, going over the main influencers, how they reach, uh, reach their level of success, how they gain their views um, and their content strategy and things like that. And yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm also going to do a probably a marketing episode, I'll probably do a psychology episode. And those are the ones that I want to announce or that I know that I have um, in the final that could come out eventually. I don't know when they'll come out, That probably not even in order. But um, those are the ones that I can talk about. I'm not going to go into all the other ones, but there's, you know, like a hundred topic, there's like a hundred topic episodes that I'm going to get into eventually over the coming years that I'm super excited about, but I'm not going to share just here. But those are the, what what I name like five episodes that are coming out soon, very soon. I'm going to do one every week. I used to do one every two weeks, but it's not enough. Like I said, I, I planned the next 10 years of the podcast and the next, um, the next uh, progression of the podcast and doing a podcast every two weeks is not going to be enough to reach the goals that I want. So one every week, it's going to be super hectic um, towards the start. Like there's going to be so much I have to do. It's probably going to be my life for um, a long time until I get it down and until I maybe offload some of the work to other people because this shit takes time. You need editing takes time. Clips take time. It, it's just, it takes so long to do all this stuff. Um, even recording takes time. Um, making the videos, thumbnails, all that stuff um, is super time-consuming, but I love doing it. Um, so, should I do a live podcast episode? So, this is something I could eventually end up doing, maybe even make this a series. I'm excited about this. I'm probably, I could be um, convinced or invested into doing this. Do you think it's a good idea for me to do a live podcast episode? I would probably stream it on like Twitch or Kick. I'm actually leaning 
more towards kick because I think I actually starting to like kick more um, for a bunch of reasons. One, I think that like they're the emerging thing. They're the ones that's coming up. They're the ones who listen to their community a lot more. They're the ones who take advice. They're the ones who implement it into um, their their website, their software, and they um, into their platform and they use um, those things. Uh, it's like kind of like Elon with Twitter. If you send any advice in, he will make those changes and update it for you. So Kick is very responsive to that. I also like how they're um, incentivizing their creators to stay on their platform. They're paying them a lot more. The creator funds a lot better to them. And yeah, a lot of issues are coming up with Twitch. I would maybe, you know, I think it's like StreamYard or some kind of software where you can stream to multiple different things. If I could stream to multiple different things, I would stream everywhere. I would stream um, Twitch, Kick, Facebook, um, Instagram Live, everything I would do. Um, I think a lot of podcasters are finding out how to do that and they're implementing that or also YouTube as well. Um, so should I eventually do a, a live podcast episode where maybe even I do a Q&A, all my Q&As on, on live and people who have questions that come up in the in the um, chat, I can answer. I think that would be super interesting to do. I don't know, who have, has anyone ever done a Q&A, oh, sorry, not a Q&A, has anyone ever done a live podcast episode? Has anyone ever recorded a podcast on live? If they haven't, I'll be super interested in trying this, giving it a go, seeing what happens, where it goes. I think that'll be super interesting. I wonder if there's a community or um, people who would actually be willing to watch um, a podcast on live and see you know, where that goes. That's interesting. I'm super um, excited to try that potentially. Um, so yeah, what are some changes happening to the podcast? Okay, so like I said, a lot of changes to the structure and the episodes that are coming out. So yeah, like I said, there's gonna be one podcast coming out um, every single week. I know every single other podcast did one podcast every single week and they're doing it right now. A lot of podcasters do two episodes a week. Like I think Diary of the CEO does two episodes a week and they're doing like interviews and stuff and super entertaining. They're gonna be ahead, way ahead of every um, every other podcast because they're just getting so much more um, viewers and returning concurrent viewers coming back to view their content. And they're just posting two times more than everyone else. So obviously they're going to be ahead. And it's, you know, it's very entertaining as well, of course. Um, but I do one podcast. I used to do one podcast every three weeks. And then I did two weeks. And I rendered it down two weeks because it everything takes so long. And now I'm just going to have to I'm have to do one podcast every week. Just so I reach the long-term goals that I have for the podcast. You know, I have that 10-year plan. So just really make sure I'm maximizing uh, every, everything and getting getting the maximum exposure that I can possibly get. So one podcast a week is the main change that is happening to the podcast. Um, yeah, so why did I do this Q&A on myself? So this question is kind of um, not the best because I already answered it maybe two or three times. But uh, I did this podcast so I can express myself, so I can um, talk to you guys about some things that are happening in my life so you guys get sooner a more direct um answer to some of the questions you may have about me or that i might even have about myself i feel like answering some of these questions led me to some realizations that i didn't know about myself it answered some of the questions it gave me the ability to flow and to um be really spontaneous with my answers and just come up with the answer um just as it's going and like just be um what's the word for it um just like improvise and just come up with things as it's going i think that's a super important skill so i also did this yeah like this the questionnaire to so you guys get to know a bit more about me and some of the unanswered questions that were going around 
And um, yeah, I just wanted to um, give you guys more insight on me and who I am and what this podcast is and what we're going to continue to do with the podcast, how we're going to grow and scale and the business insights and just revealing really everything that you guys should know about the podcast and um, what it's going to represent and what it's going to be in the future uh, as a brand. And just, yeah, that's why I did it. Um, A lot of different reasons, but um, that's the main one. I'm also going to do Q&As quite regularly, every five or so episodes. I'm going to do a Q&A episode. I'm going to do a conversation episode as well. Just do all these kind of things. I think it's good to give an update, um, take a break from the topic episodes that take a lot of researching and planning and just all that sort of stuff. So it's a good break and it's a good um, way to answer and give an update. And because a lot happens within you know, doing the podcast and my day-to-day life um, changes are constantly happening with ev- with everyone as well. But um, yeah, it gives me the outlet to express myself. And so what platforms am I now on? I think these are some of the questions that I was going to say towards the end to just announce, but I will as well. So what are the platforms I'm on now? So recently I discussed joining um, Kick and Rumble because I said I could potentially do a live stream podcast episode where I answer some of the questions that my viewers may have and I answer my personal questions as well. So that's why I'm on Kick. I think Kick's um, better than Twitch in a lot of ways. It's going to be become it's going to become a better, bigger platform and maybe even make streaming a far bigger thing than it already is, which is massive. And so that's why I'm on Kick. And now I'm on also on Rumble. I'm on Rumble because it's an alternative to YouTube. I don't think you should just use one platform for all your content. If you use one platform for all your content, um, I don't think anything will happen to YouTube anytime soon. I think YouTube's going to become far, far bigger than it is. Um, you know, 10x the, the, the status that it's at now. And it's going to continue to grow and scale and implement and change different things. So yeah, I'm going to keep on YouTube because there's still massive potential. Um, like Mr. B says in a lot of his interviews, and I obviously trust him because he has 100 million followers. Um, but I also made it on um, Rumble, and I'm also looking for other platforms. So if any other platforms come up to post video, I will definitely try and um, re- reach out and post my content on there as well. So I'm trying Rumble. It's just an alternative to YouTube that I can post my videos on and um, gain viewers and exposure that way. And I'm, probably, I'm getting around the same views as YouTube as well because YouTube is just, there's so many people. It's very oversaturated. There's so many people posting content and videos everywhere. So it's very competitive. It's hard to um, get your content, get eyes on your content and people to see it without using an alternative platform um, to get views. Like I think you can use um, Vimeo, is that one? I don't know. There's another platform. So whenever another emerging video content platform comes up, I'm posting my content on there straight away. No question. Even with the shorts, like I diversify massively. I post on Snapchat now. Snapchats, I love Snapchat. Um, but I also post on TikTok. I post on YouTube Shorts. I post on um, Instagram Reels. I no, I don't really post on Instagram Reels, but I should start doing that. And I also post on, and then that would also transfer over to um, Facebook as well. So definitely make sure you are on every platform. Just post um, everywhere you can because you're just maximizing your exposure and just getting it out on different platforms because there's different viewers for every platform, right? There's different demographic. So it's important to um, stay on top of that as well, especially if you're trying to grow a podcast, which there's like 2 million podcasts. Uh, Someone said there's 2 million podcasts um, as it currently stands, which actually I was thinking about it. Everyone's like, wow, that's a crazy amount of podcasts. That's absolutely insane. I'm just thinking like we're in the early stages. 2 million is not actually that much. Um, 
that's not a big amount. Like I feel like every single business will have a podcast. I think every single business will implement this into um, their their corporate structure. I think because they have blogs, they have newsletters, they have articles and things like this that they're already, you know, they're trying to get on short form content as well, which is why a lot of um, people are getting paid to make their short form content. And, you know, they're trying to make videos on YouTube and everything else. And I think the next step is making podcasts. I think they're just going to have podcasts for their company to announce their products and just have um, advocates and spokesmen for their companies, um, like salespeople and marketing people that can just talk and discuss their companies. Um, structure so i think 2 million 2 million podcasts is going to bump 200 million it's just going to become a massive thing every, every company is going to own a podcast now i think it's at the individual stage all um individuals or creators are trying to make a podcast which is a good idea for them to do because it's sustainable long term but i think then as soon as businesses get a hold of it it's going to become massive it's going to become everywhere Everyone, all businesses are going to have um a podcast all individuals and content creators are going to try and have a podcast as well um and this is how podcasting is going to scale into a multi-billion dollar industry um that's going to be everywhere so and then short form content is going to be everywhere as well because that's the main podcast strategy everyone implements so oh yeah i wanted to say this is um a q a questionnaire that i um decided to post about and decided to make sure I answering some of the questions I'm answering some of the questions about the podcast and about myself so you guys get an update um on me and my personal life and things that are going on and I'll, like I said I'm going to continue to um do these updates every so often these conversations and the questionnaires as well but I would also like you guys to send in questions as well so I can answer them on future Q&A episodes so if you guys are viewing this whatever platform you're viewing this on whether this is a, a clip or something or the main podcast episode, I would really love to um, answer some of your questions and have the ability to um, um, express um, myself and um, reach some of the answers, inclusions that you guys would like to know. And um, like I said, I might do that live podcast as well on like kick or something and you guys can join and ask questions there as well. But also, um, yeah, so like if you have any questions about the podcast, um, definitely send them in so I can answer them in the q and I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll also answer obviously some of the questions that I put out myself, but I think that'll be really fun to do and I'm looking forward to that. That's why I'm looking forward to growing my, um, my viewer base so much. This is why I'm posting so much content is so I can just, like I love doing Q&As. It's just fun to me. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm excited to answer some of your questions. So... Okay, this is the next um, area of questions, and it is, I'm gonna go into that in a second. I'm just gonna take a quick break. So like I said, this is the um, business section where I ask questions about business and success and the mindset or, and framework around that. So what is the best way to earn money? The best way to earn money online and in person and anywhere is to make a service-based business. So what I mean by this is making um, a freelancing business or making a business around you as an individual and selling your services. You can even um, make courses and make content um, around your service as well, just helping people um, gain insights on it and things like that. But I also mean at uh, the individual level and freelancing as a business. So basically onboarding clients and if you have a certain skill, like if you're a graphic designer or marketing person or you do branding for companies, you can just um, build a client base and a network around that and sell to them. And you can have 
multiple clients on retainer giving you a certain amount of money each month. For instance, if you're a graphic designer and you design, I don't know, logos for someone, you can make um, content and posts about that to gain exposure and to gain viewers onto your content and potentially um, onboard clients that way. But, you know, so you could have like five clients a month um, and if you're making a logo, you could charge um, whatever whatever amount, I don't know, 200 to 1,000, um, 500 a month. And if you have five of those, you could earn like um, five upwards to five to 15 grand or something. I'm just throwing out numbers. Um, but yeah, so service-based business is definitely really good. If you want to scale to, um, you can earn a crazy amount of money, millions of dollars a year, potentially. But if you want to scale it into um, $100 million business or billion dollar business like um, Iman Ghazi talks about, I think you need to actually implement a strategy where you sell products as well based on, it could be based on your services. So like I said, courses um, and just selling people on um, that service that they can use um, to implement into their own structure and help them out that way. Or you can make products like um, if you have, if you're a designer, for instance, you can design clothing that you can sell. You can design um, products, digital products, like just any like digital resources that they can use, like program software and uh, things like that. Just making your service. Um, I think you need products. You probably need to make a billion dollar company and like you can sell anything. If you've built a personal brand, you can sell any type of product, any business. If it fits your target audience and your market, you will be able to sell it if you have a personal brand as well, which I talk about all the time and which I need to talk about all the time because people need to know about it. Um, best way to earn money is a product and the best way to sell a product is by having a personal brand. The best way to build a personal brand is exposure and is gaining people's attentions, uh, is gaining people's attention and uh, influencing as well. And the best way to do this is by providing educational content, I think. That's what sells the most. That's what does the best that's what gets returning people and gets a lot of um retention and views is educational content teaching people the practical strategies of how to do something that's why becoming a freelancer and then selling um a product would be uh, a course or a service something like that so if you want to um be a hundred million dollar company or a billion dollar company you need to turn your product uh, service into a product um what are your most important goals? So the main goal that I have in life, the most important goal I think um, in everyone's life is to own a house. So my main goal in life is to own a house. That's a um, pretty simple simple goal. That's a pretty traditional goal that a lot of people have, but it is my most important one. It is the one I want to achieve and I'm so um, desperate to achieve. And that's the one I have the most necessity and the most ambition and drive to go out and achieve. So it's to own a house. And it probably won't be a massively fancy house or, um, you know, the craziest, um, I'm not going to spend the craziest amount of money on just an insane house or if I'm a millionaire or I do really successfully, I just want to have a house where I can live, where I can go back to every single day, where I can work, where I can, um, do a bunch of the same activities and stuff I'm doing now, but just have my own place and have equity in my own, um, house and land and just own my own property. I think that's just something super important. Just have, um, like everyone, like every parent says, have a roof over your head. I think it's just super um, important to have and is one of my values is just owning a house um, in general. Um, Cause you, if you think about it, you start a family, you start relationships, you um, 
everything happens under this house. Everything, you go back to it. Um, yeah, everything happens in your house. It's where you do all your work. It's where everything goes down in that one place. And having um, access and means to that place um, is going to be super important and something I think everyone should have. And it's getting increasingly harder to buy a house because of the um, the market. It's really expensive. Inflation's going on. Yeah, it's really hard to own a house, um, but it's definitely something that everyone should strive towards having. And what are my other goals? And another goal I have is to um, have a relationship, long-term committed relationship, and get married as well as have kids. I want to have two kids. So that um, factor of my life is definitely something super important to me. And um, that was also as it relates, I feel like your um, if you get your values and principles down, those values you can use um, or um, to as goals as well. So um, oftentimes your values are your goals. So for instance, um, you know, my values, like I'll just reiterate them, um, was um, like success and having money and like a business and then relationships as well and um, like learning, improvement, self-development and all that as well. Can Those can become goals. So for instance, um, like I said, the relationship goals around, you know, having a family relationship and um, the um, money and sort of stuff can give you access to owning a home and stuff. So you can make um, um, goals out of your um, values as well. And so learning improvement, maybe I can have money so I can have access to information and I can be able to, you know, buy a lot of books, buy a lot of courses, buy anything that would help me um, gain new skills that I can implement into my business and continue to grow. That's the way in which um, values can become goals. Um, so we talked about owning a house, we talked about relationships, what's another goal that I have? And um, another goal that I have is um, businesses. Um, I wanna own a lot of businesses. Um, I wanna learn a lot of companies. Maybe it could be under one um, sort of conglomerate or one company that just owns a bunch of different ones underneath it. Maybe it could start with a podcast. Who knows? You never know. Um, so yeah, I want to own a, a bunch of different business um, based around a bunch of different um, products or services that I want to own. Um, so I, 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 set, I set a number and a goal, which was about six bit, um, businesses that I want to run. But it could be more than that. It could be less than that. Maybe I won't have enough time to you know, run those business companies, like keep it up, maintain it. Some people say you should focus your energy and attention to one business or one central focus. I actually find that um, dispersing my efforts into a bunch of different areas actually helps each uh, each of the businesses kind of like gives feedback between each other and you gain new um, insights that you can use um, and implement them into the other business and help them grow along um, and together. So I think that's um, a good thing to do. So I can own multiple businesses at once. It's going to be more to manage, but if I um, build a team around that, I think I'll be able to run multiple companies at once and do it that way. So that's a big goal I have in my life as well is owning multiple businesses. So what are my career options? So this is an um, interesting question that comes up. So right now, I don't, I'm not necessarily thinking about careers. I'm more thinking about business owning my own businesses and scaling them, but I do kind of want a career while I'm at university or a job while I'm at university. So I do have the option of obviously working at um, retail or in hospitality or something um, just while I'm at university to pay off some of my um, 
um, debts that I have or whatever, or I just have on the side disposable income. But I also have, I can probably design websites. I've designed maybe four websites for my businesses, um, four to six, actually I should say. Um, I could do branding and logos. I would probably do that in um, freelancing work as well. I could also do um, marketing because I'm going to university for marketing. So I could probably do an internship or work within a company and progress that way through um, throughout the career um, pathway. And what else could I do? I could do graphic design. I could try and find a job graphic designing and interning at an um, agency, which I've tried to apply for and try to work. So maybe that's not really a career option because I'm not um, getting the type of um, feedback that I want. So yeah, those are my career options. Also have obviously the option of running this podcast as a business, hopefully growing into a business that's um, profitable and monetizable eventually. But um, yeah, so I have the podcast, I have my clothing brand that I was doing um, and I have freelancing. I was going to um, design t-shirts for different clients and that's the thing that I'm gonna start doing. I might open another clothing brand that's um, focused on a different demographics and and it's about something different. Um, That business idea I don't wanna reveal on this um, podcast, but um, it could definitely come up eventually or you guys will find out about it somehow along the um, chain. So what amount of money is enough? So this question I actually came up with, I thought would actually be a really interesting answer, a really interesting question to go into and answer because I think it's very, it's, it's, it's not difficult to answer, but I think that it depends on the perspective and the place that you're at and the place you want to go. So I think what amount of, like, you know, I could throw out like, um, one million two hundred thousand, so I can own a house and have money to pay pay for the first homeowner's thing, and have the rest to maybe set up the house and buy furniture, or whatever. Or I could say, uh, five million, ten million, or um, twenty five million. But I think it just depends. It depends on the situation you're in. It depends on what level of your career or your business or your job you're at. For instance, if I'm running multiple businesses, if I'm onboarding a lot of um, um, co-workers and people to manage the businesses and companies, I would obviously need to earn above a certain amount to pay them. And so my um, level of the amount of money I want would constantly increase as you become more successful. So, you know, if I'm on, um, I don't know, $10,000 a month, I would maybe strive towards um, $100,000 a month or a million dollars a year, whatever. Um, so money constantly, the amount you want um, is proportionate to the job success that you're in or how successful your business is at. You constantly set um, goals as you progress and um, you figure out that more is um, possible for the business um, is where your mind is at. I would say, I don't know, 25 million would probably enough no I don't I don't think I'd sell out I think it would be boring not to have a business I think running a business is is something really good and it's just fun to spend your time doing that you can definitely be really creative with it and have fun with it it's um also like I would not I don't think I'd be someone who would retire early um a lot of people who have a lot of investments um or they earned a lot of money from a big boom in like the share of stock market um, and they continue to invest their money, they can just retire because they have money coming in. 
Now, if I had that, if I had investments and my con- my money was working for me and constantly feeding back and giving it to me, maybe then I would retire. But also, I don't think so because I think I would always want to run a business. I think I would always want to have a project or something to do, something um, to keep my mind active and to keep my mind focused on goals and um, progress as a determinant for my life as well as well as I don't think I would ever retire or want to retire at any age. I think I would always want to keep working and keep um, running these sort of things and have them going on. So I don't think um, I would ever want to retire at a young age, even if I'm a millionaire, even if I have a $100 million exit out of a company, which I think is achievable potentially, uh, but who knows. Because once you have a multi-million dollar buyout, you need to focus on investing because if your money, it's still like, it depends on your spending habits and um, the way you go about and think about money. Because even if you have $100 million, $100 million, if you're terrible at spending, you're terrible, your mindset's terrible around money, you can still end up spending all this money. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but if your money is not um, invested and you're not getting interest, um you could end up spending it all, especially with taxes, taxes coming back. Um, That's why a lot of successful um, uh, basketball players or just uh, million dollar entertainers or whatever, they can, if their job stops or they have a big buyout, they can end up um, losing all their money because of their spending habits, which is why it's good to develop healthy mindset around money and good spending habits. Because yeah, that's why I would never sell out. That's why I would would never... um, have a massive payout, maybe not never, maybe I would eventually, but I would make sure that my money is invested and it's increasing while I'm not there to, um, because I'm not earning anything, right? It's kind of like a salary. You you just need something coming in um, to support yourself. So, okay. What will I do when I am successful, a millionaire or have a lot of money? Okay, so this is a good question. I, thinking, thinking on it right now, if I was successful, a millionaire and had a lot of money, I would probably be still running my businesses. I'd probably not have much time to um, go out and do a bunch of things or even have time to spend it, which is maybe a good thing. I have, I'm have, i still frugal and I don't really spend a lot of money anyway. I think if I was a millionaire, I'd still probably be the same way. I would have more um, disposable income to spend. But I think a really fun way to think of it is, actually, I think I would do a bunch of different activities. Like I would go into learning a new skill or a new activity. For instance, I would love to learn um, dancing. I would love to learn singing. I would love to learn kickboxing and fighting so I can just learn to defend myself or defend my partner or whatever. So I would probably spend it on a bunch of lessons, even like learning um, a different language as well. So I would learn on, yeah, like activities, um, hobbies, interests, or also I would spend it on, um, yeah, learning something new or uh, lessons or courses as well to learn new um, uh, strategies to implement into running a business. So that's how I would spend my money. And I think that's um, honestly the best way you can spend your money, just having fun, having good activities, exploring the fun experiences of life. I think um, it's the best way or the the great way to look at it. Um, what is it important to understand? Oh, sorry. Um, why is it important to understand spending, saving and investing? Okay. So... It's important to, the easy one to say is it's important to save, obviously, because you need to keep a certain amount if you have, you know, a big spend coming up or you want to save up to own a house or um, some big money goal that you want to achieve. 
it's good to have money to save. I always recommend saving above all else. Um, spending, it's important to actually know that it's um, good to spend a certain amount on things, on select things. It's good to have disposable income that you can use to spend that separates from your saving and investing amounts. Like you can split them, have a budget for these different um, sections. But spending, like you need to um, spend, for instance, on your health, like um, vitamins or whatever, um, supplements, you need to spend it on um, food and groceries, or you need to spend it on rent or something. So understanding, um, and also going out, having fun, having new experiences, it's, it's worth it. It compounds um, for your mental health and well-being um, and sustains you um, a long enough time frame as well because you need to have relationships for that longevity. And so, yeah, spending, um, go towards that. So it's, it's important to understand that there is you know positive spending and negative spending. Obviously, if you don't have much money to spend or you just get a paycheck, it's obviously not good to spend it all on some things. Um, and it happens to some people, so they just need to keep that in check for sure. But yeah, certain amount, certain spending on the right things is actually a good thing to do if you're still considering saving and investing. And investing is super important to understand. Um, as I just explained, and I just kind of realized the importance of investing actually just through this conversation, which is why it's really important to have these talks. So investing, yeah, it's important, especially while you're, even when you're successful, inve- um, investing is important, but you can also invest as you're growing your companies as you're growing your businesses you can invest it and um, make your money work for you as you're growing these things and so you can also use the um the interest to maybe spend on things that you need to grow the business so reinvest as well but yeah especially like if you have a big payout or you have which i just discussed earlier if you have a um a 10 million dollar buyout or something and you but then you have no like you just sold your company and you have no money coming in you don't have a job, but you just had a massive buyout. So you might have a lot of free time where you have the opportunity to spend all your money and you know taxes will come in, whatever. So that's when you have to actually, if you haven't picked up investing before, that's when you need to start investing because investing can actually serve as one form of income or one, it's kind of like a job, it's kind of like a paycheck, but you're just, it's just investments and your money is just growing that way. So yeah, investing when you're successful is important. Investing as you're growing is important. Investing in any stage of a business is important to consider always um, as a part of your life, part of the financial um, side of your life so, and businesses. So what is the importance of having disposable income? So I already just discussed that um, in terms of spending, having disposable income that separates from your main source of income. For instance, if you have two jobs, you can have one job's source of income can go towards spending on the essentials that you need, um, food, uh, resources, electricity or rent if you own a, a rental apartment. So yeah, just, or you can have, basically if you have a main career, you work nine to five, five days a week, you can just have like a side hustle that um, you work on and then you can use the, the profits from that side hustle, for instance, to um, spend on, you know, going out on the weekend with your friends, going out to restaurants, just having fun, and then you know that you're still saving or investing the money that you have from your job or career. And yeah, you're not losing any money. You're just, um, you know, or you can also choose to save it, which is what I would probably do because um, that's the type of person I am. So how do I think you can grow on YouTube and new insights that I learned? Okay, so one thing I learned about YouTube. So I've been running my channel for about, um, one of my channels for about six months. 
the podcast channel for maybe about two to three months. So not very long, I'm still very new. I'm learning all the retention hacks, the views, what titles and thumbnails get the most um, clicks and viewers, what um, things people search for, what um, tags people click on and whatever, what videos they watch after they watch a video. Um, understanding the different audiences that YouTube has. But I think a recurring thing, a recurring thing that comes up and it's obvious, I know people are saying, oh, he's describing the obvious in some of the videos, but the obvious thing would be to actually, on every social media platform as well, this regards to everything is actually commenting on videos. So like if you watch a video, as many videos as you watch and watch it in, within your niche, um, watch it within your area of interest. So I run a podcast, so every time a podcaster releases a new video, I would go on my podcasting account and I would comment on that video. I would say what I learned from it, what I got out of it and how it's um, improved or helped me, whatever type of content you leave, make sure it's positive as well. And then if for instance, you post it on one of those podcasts that does really well, it's quite viral. Um, people may see your comment a lot with the amount of views you get and they may um, be curious to check out and see what your content is about so they can follow you from based on that comment. So definitely actually commenting on different social media platforms can actually help you with your own following. I noticed this from um, even TikTok. If you're on TikTok a lot, you're a chronic user of TikTok like I used to be. I used to um, just scroll, I used to like follow it like a thousand people, we used to be on it four hours a day, whatever, it's too much now, I don't do it at all. But if you comment on people's um, posts, people might follow you, like I just randomly incurred like a hundred followers from literally doing nothing. I don't even know who these people are, or why they follow me, but I think it's mainly because maybe I was commenting, I don't think I was commenting, but I was simply just there, like just the exposure of um, seeing those people content. So you just need to be present, you just need to be active on social media and you need to comment commenting so people and like that that comment gets pinned that comment stays up there if you're like someone could post um uh, a 10 million view video your comment could get uh 10,000 likes or just an insane amount of um people see it they could um comment on it or even try and yeah see what's on your channel and see what type of content you post and maybe um subscribe or in invest in watching your content so make sure to comment on people's posts be positive, don't be negative, because um, no one likes negative comments and they don't help you in any way. So um, what's the hardest social media to grow on? So I, like I said, I've been running one channel for six months and that goes for all um, social media platforms. Actually not all, I wasn't, I didn't start out with all, but now I'm kind of trying to expand to everything. But I've been posting mainly three months for this podcast and the hardest one for me has been probably Twitter. I think Twitter is kind of the hardest one to grow on in, um, in terms of followers and um, just incurring people and retweets and likes and whatever metrics um, is assessed by. So Twitter is probably the hardest. I feel like a lot of those videos don't, um, sorry, a lot of those um, comments or posts don't get much views unless it's like super controversial or like, hating on something or being negative or just, I don't really know what trends on Twitter. I spend very little time on Twitter. Maybe I should spend more time understanding the algorithm and, and how things works, work and what time to post and what goes viral and what doesn't. But for me, it's been Twitter. I know people are saying, well, people say the common thing people say is all you have to do on Twitter is just type something that you think's um, uh, worth views or whatever. Just, just write anything, write a message. 
and it will get views and retweets and likes, whatever. But I haven't found that to be the case. I comment things that are good and that things that are useful, but it still gets very minimal views and stuff. So I, I don't know. Twitter, I haven't fully understand or I can't really gauge an understanding of, but I think it's a good platform. Probably the hardest for me to learn how to um, grow on. I think every social media in its way is hard to grow on because like TikTok, YouTube are so oversaturated, so it's hard to grow on there. So like I said, learning the alternative platforms and posting content on, t- on alternative things is always good to grow and expand your exposure as well and protect yourself if co- you get banned or your content falls it's not getting the amount of views you think it should be on that because the algorithm regulates and the algorithm shadow bands we all know this um so yeah make sure you're diversifying um so who who has the most viral potential as a creator now i'm going to do a um content creation episode or an influencer episode where i'll probably answer some questions along these lines but i'll maybe a lot of these questions are like kind of teasing by the way towards a future episode so if you look back, like it could hint at an episode that come out in the future. But um, who's the most viral? Who has the most viral potential as a creator? So it depends on what social media. It also depends on what type of content they post as well. I mainly consume um, podcasts, so I know what podcasters probably have the most viral potential. I think as a creator individual, I would say Sneeko has the most um, viral potential. Um, I think a lot of the stuff he posts um, gets a lot of views on YouTube and Rumble. I he's not allowed on youtube but people will post his content on youtube um and it gets a lot of views and a lot of likes also short form content trends all the time you know it's constantly reposted and talked about a lot and also he appears on a lot of different channels and they always get so much likes when he appears on them and obviously tate as well andrew tate um obviously has the potential to gain a lot of views and gauge a big um audience and attention from that as well but um sneaker i think because he's actually I know a lot of people hate him and I might be controversial for saying this. I like him in some sense and sometimes I don't like him, but I think he is a creative person. I think he's willing to experiment with his content and you see him like going on dates and just, just crazy stuff like that, like changing it up, changing the environments and just experimental stuff that I think gets quite a lot of views. So most viral potential, probably him. Um, obviously Aiden has a lot of viral potential as well. If he posts on um, more content, um, he could definitely get... Um, a lot of attention and views and subscribers and everything but I'm definitely going to talk about him more in a few of my upcoming episodes because he's my favorite creator but um, I think there's more potential for growth and more things that he can implement into um, his business and into his channel and social medias um, to maximize his output so um, that was one of the final questions what are some materialistic things what are some materialistic things I would indulge in Okay, I actually kind of like this question. I'm not a very materialistic person. I don't value possessions very much. Um, I'm very frugal. I don't spend my money a lot. But um, materialistic, I think it's a fun question because a lot of um, things in culture that pop up that I sometimes, and in fashion as well, that I would like to buy sometimes. So I would say I want to get some Jordan 1s eventually. But um, more expensively, I actually want to get some Travis Scott like Jordan ones or some Travis Scott like Nike collaboration shoes maybe even some Travis Scott Dior's which are like probably like 16 grand or some crazy shit but I do definitely want to get um because I just really like Travis Scott and I think he's a great business person and definitely influenced some um, fashion and culture 
in quite an impactful way. So I would definitely want to get even just any Jordan ones. I think they're just a, like fire shoe. They're really cool. Um, so I would definitely get that. What else? I'd probably invest in like artworks to put up on the wall. You know, as you can notice, there's a few around me. But um, yeah, so that's something. I would also invest in like suits for some some reason. I really love um a good suit. I love wearing suits. I feel really confident. I just feel like a business person. And I feel like I'm very official and um, I just always have liked suits. I've always um, felt good wearing suits or always just wanted to be that person because you feel official, you feel um, respected and you feel confident and in a suit, I feel like. Okay, um, what else? I would say cologne. I spent, uh, I spent, a f I don't really spend money on things, but I do like a good cologne, a good scent, good flagrance is really good. It goes a long way in certain areas i really it makes me feel confident as well like i said you know fashion can of oftentimes make you feel confident like wearing um jewelry um necklaces like just things to just nice touches to your outfits um and also yeah like a flagrance adds into this like it makes you um more confident and and, and certain clothes can make you feel confident it can be the source of your confidence in fact it's just looking good um can make you feel good so what else what else would i indulge in um probably sunglasses I love a good pair of sunglasses. I already have some, but I want to get, for instance, some Ray-Bans eventually. I would really want to um, get a pair of those, maybe some, I think they have already some AR ones, which is cool, which is pretty cool. Also maybe the, maybe get an Oculus for playing like um, games and being in virtual reality and being in the metaverse or whatever they call it. Um, I know Apple released their, their version of the headset, whatever, I know absolutely nothing about it i know there's a few viral videos trending about it and a few people talking about it on other podcasts but i know i don't know much about um the apple um vr kind of headset but i think it's probably similar to the oculus or the oculus does the same exact thing but it's just branded by apple and that's why everyone's pushing it that's why everyone's making content also it's a new trending thing so everyone wants to talk about it but yeah i would probably invest and indulge in something like that some ar vr some future technology shit like um, some Neuralink, uh, some next uh, development, um, you know, I would probably spend money on. And yeah, like nice clothing as well. I think an outfit is really good in, yeah, like I said, boosting your confidence, making you feel good in a few areas of your life. I would also spend money, like when I have a clothing brand and with that my own merch, I probably invest and um, buy for the business and I would probably buy, wear my own clothing because I feel like there could be some really cool designs that come out of potentially doing merchandise for this podcast and stuff. So yeah, those are the things I would spend my money on. Those are the materialistic possessions that I would indulge in. Um, I don't often indulge in things, but those are the things that I would get into and spend money on if I had to. So um, that's all I wanted to talk about for this episode of the Express Podcast. Um, I really love doing this um, q and I can't wait to do future Q&As in next episodes. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait for you guys to send in a few um, viewer questions that you guys have um, and would like to be answered. I will answer my own questions in the videos as well. I have a um, music episode coming up in the next week, probably next two weeks. And I'm looking forward to that. And I can't wait for you guys to see that as well. Yeah, like I said, I'm on um, Rumble now. So you can view my videos on Rumble. I obviously I'm on YouTube. That's my main place where I post. I love YouTube. I post um, the main podcast up in there and a few videos coming out. And I also post, obviously, my main clips are on everywhere. I, I'm on Snapchat now. I love Snapchat. 
it's really good for views, by the way, for content creators. That's just a quick hint. And you can also, um, I'm also on TikTok, uh, Instagram, everywhere you view content, basically. And you can obviously listen to the main podcast on Spotify. That's a lot of shout outs. I'm sorry, that was too much. But um, thanks for listening to this episode of the Express Podcast. And I will see you in the next one.